Hello world, this is Kara. This is Elizabeth. And you're listening to In Transit. Two triathletes take on the world. So we are keeping with our plan of recording more often, which I like, because yes. we're not so out of touch with the world. <laughs> I know, it's actually holding me more accountable every day when I'm like, okay, do I want to go on today? No, do I? Oh, I better go on today because I have a report to give. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, holding I- me accountable so I'm digging it. I think I'm going to be running after the show today. It's pretty nice here. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know, it's probably 70. So. Oh, really? I think it's colder here. I think it's probably like 65. Maybe, it might be 70. It might be 70. I'll have to look at our, our webpage because, I don't oh, know, yeah. I'm really bad at estimating temperature, I think. I am too, actually. Okay, so if anybody wants to go check out the temperatures in our home cities, you can go to www.intransitduo.com. Yep, and also add yourself to our Frapper map, because that's what makes our day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kara, have you seen it? Yeah, the I have. People keep adding themselves and adding themselves. I'm so freaking excited about it. I know. I am, too. It rocks. And also, uh, we especially love when people put their pictures on there. <laughs> yes, I, I, I definitely love that. Definitely okay, love so that. I totally made up the 70 degrees thing, because it's 63 here. But it's oh. really it's really sunny out though and beautiful. And yours it says it's sixty seven in Fayetteville, so we're oh, close. So I wasn't too far off then. Yeah. Um anyway. 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 Okay, so, okay, so Kara, you've got a half Iron Man coming up. Yes, it's next weekend, the twenty third. Holy crap. I know. How do you feel about that? Are you nervous? I'm nervous. I'm pretty nervous like but excited nervous. And uh-huh. I have been doing some course recon. I've been out there. I actually did a sprint triathlon earlier this summer at the same site where the, you know, like oh. the, the swim will be there and everything. It's it's put on by the same uh uh company or whatever you want to call it. People put on by the same race okay, director. Okay, so good. So it's not going to be completely foreign to you then. Right. So I know kind of how they they do transition and how they do this or where this what the swim side is like. And then I also good. went up there. I've been up there twice to ride the bike course and uh, up there being it's in north. It's kind of north uh, west Connecticut. It's kind of in it's a little tiny town in the middle of nowhere. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, um, the bike course is probably one of the toughest bike courses I've bike courses I've ever ridden. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. And, well, for you, that's saying something then, because you've been on many a bike course. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's especially okay. Let me tell you, this is how tough it is. I actually. Had to I changed my crank set out to a compact crank set so I had easier gears because it was that hard. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I had to change okay. my my bike setup. And I had for those of you who are who know the lingo with the gearing before I had a fifty three thirty nine on the front and a twelve twenty seven cassette. And even in my easiest gear. I, there was this one hill. The first time I rode the course, I had to walk it. The second time, Shut I was yeah. The second time, I was determined not to walk it, but I was dying. I swear, my cadence was like two. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. Let me just establish this for everyone who's listening. Kara is a very, very strong cyclist, so that 
I'm so glad that I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, seriously, just riding the bike uh, bike course alone is tough. And, you know, the thing is, okay, you might be wondering why did I choose this half Ironman. Oh, yeah. Two reasons. <laughs> one, I wanted one that was close so I could, you know, drive there no problem. And it's, right. it's in Connecticut. There's only two half Ironman. Ironmans that they put on in Connecticut and actually both of them they're on the same day they're both September 23rd and both of them this is their inaugural year so um oh it, that isn't that's not very good planning on their part I know I don't extremely competitive that's not good yeah I don't see why they wouldn't choose different days but right. whatever anyway they so there's two in Connecticut and I basically knew I wanted to do one of those two because they're proximity and then the only difference the one I knew both of the bike courses I've heard are pretty hilly and when I signed up the bike courses weren't actually published so I had to just go by the area you know and um and then the really the thing that made me choose the one I chose uh was the one or was that it was a lake swim and the other one is a sound swim at Long Island Sound. I was afraid, I I figured if the weather was bad, the sound would probably be a lot more choppy than the lake. So that's why I went for the lake swim one. And and both of them, here's what I knew. I knew both the run courses were pretty flat and the bike courses were hilly. So the major difference was the swim. Well, this bike course is majorly hilly. So, good lord. Anyway, um well, I think it sounds like you made a good choice then as far as the water goes and runs and stuff. So. Yeah. Good. I mean, I guess maybe it's better for me to have a, the more challenging bike course cuz I'll be able to pass some people. But that's the the plan anyway. But let me the this is how tough it was. My average was 14. No way. Yeah. When I rode, this is the last time I rode the course. And I'm actually going to ride it one more time tomorrow. But this is before I changed. Oh, I didn't finish telling you about my gears. So that's what I had first. And then I switched it out. So now I have 50, 34 in the front and 12, 26 in the rear. So I have, like, majorly easier gears. Like, basically, I put, it's like putting a granny gear on, you know? So <laughs> That's right up my alley there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the reason I'm going to ride it again tomorrow is well, for, just to get more practice, but also because I haven't ridden it since I changed out the crank set. So. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, and but thankfully, okay, good, so I look forward to hearing about that difference, and that'll be cool to hear. Yeah, and the tip I have for people out there is to ask around if people have if you need to change out bike parts just for one race ask around and see if you, someone will let you borrow the part instead of having to buy it. So what I did, I didn't buy this new crank set. I borrowed it from one of my uh, team members from my tri team. Oh, nice. So, yeah. And That's he was, idea. he was nice enough to switch it for me. So <laughs> probably because he wanted to make sure it was done right, but right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's still cool that he was, he offered. So anyway, yeah, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to tomorrow to see how much different, difference it makes i hope i hope yeah, that's this is a big race this is a really big race and let me just say that the setup i had previously the gearing is pretty standard gearing for for a road or 
or triathlon bike. So it's not yeah. that it's not like I had some weird setup. So I I don't know. It's just I didn't get pretty crazy when you have the bike course so difficult that you had to change your gearing out. But whatever. Can you mention the people who don't? know what the bike course is going to be like. Well, yeah, I'm just glad that I live close enough that I was able to go out and ride it. And and I guess that's another reason I chose, I wanted to do one of the ones in Connecticut because I knew I'd be able to drive there ahead of time and and ride the course. Yeah, I right. didn't I didn't want to do one too far away, especially this being my first half. And the one, even though I signed up for that one in Canada for next year, I probably won't be able to ride that course. I'll at least have done a half and know what it's like, you know? Yeah. So, right. Anyway. Awesome. That's awesome. So that's so my, excited. that's what I've been up to lately, I guess you could say. <laughs> Good. That sounds great. I'm so excited to hear a race report. Are you going to try to record? I know that's crazy, but um, are you going to try to record? Not during, but maybe my before and after thoughts. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. Right, good. I'll try to record something. Good. Okay, I'm excited. So what have you okay, been up so, to? Um, well, I've just been running still lately. Um, I went on a bike ride. How exciting is that? Um, I didn't ride too far, actually, but um, I've been running a lot lately. I'm just trying to get that built back up for marathon season. Mm-hmm. And... Um, my six-mile report this week doesn't exist because I, I ran six miles a couple of times, but I, I'm only um, timing myself on uh, Tuesdays. So, or, yeah, I think it's Tuesdays. And I forgot my watch on Tuesday, so I didn't time myself. But, anyway, it still felt good, good run. It actually felt a lot better than last week's run. So I think I'm pretty positive that I beat my 59-minute mark this week. So, yeah, that's about it. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And even though you didn't time it, just feeling feel wise, if you felt like you're faster, that's a good sign. So. Yeah, definitely. And the weather's getting a lot cooler, so the runs are a lot easier for me because I run in like negative twelve weather kind of stuff. So, <laughs> so it's the weather's getting perfect for long runs. So I'm excited to start increasing my mileage and stuff. Yeah, so, I yeah. definitely prefer to run in cooler weather. That's oh well, yeah, for definitely. sure. It just the heat just sucks the energy out of you, I I think. But oh, I was talking to completely. one of my friends back in Texas that I used to cycle with, but he's also a triathlete. He just did a half Ironman on the ninth of September, and he it was ninety over ninety degrees because he did it no in way. it was the Prairie Man half Ironman in oh yeah 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 in I think it's in Dallas. It might be in I think it's in Garland. Oh, Garland, yeah. Okay, it's in Garland. So, anyway, he just did that one, and uh, I don't even know how. I I know, especially not living down there anymore, I would not be able to have gone and run a race at that with those conditions, so. No, uh, no way. Yeah, I, had, I have a couple friends that did that one too, so that's cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, he also said at the end it started, like, torrential downpouring really yeah so it was really hot and then all of a sudden it started pouring like on the run portion so oh my god yeah crazy who was the friend that was jimmy okay i I thought it was i thought it was yeah cool good okay well that's awesome that he finished and he did he survived and let's go jimmy yeah he said his he, he didn't quite meet his goal but he felt like he had a strong race uh but I think it was probably the weather that really zapped him. So, 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Anyway. Well, good. All right, so I think that's our Try 101. It's time for this week's Soak and Stellar, and we are super stoked about Iron Man Wisconsin. How awesome are all the finishers? I know. I actually just did a little jump and stuck my hands up in the air, and my neighbors were looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> but I am super stoked that you guys did so good. I know. And were... I can't wait to hear some reports, actually, from um, from the, our friends that were in it. Yes, and there are some reports online if you look at TriScoop. I was following that a little bit, and, and Race Athlete. And Race Athlete had, I think, 24 uh, finishers. Whoa! I yeah. love race athletes. I love those people. I know, and that—that's including our buddies like uh, Brett, Jetpack, Tri Boomer. They're all part of those twenty-four. So yeah, it's pretty cool. But D- did Stu do it too? And Stu, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stu, all the whole gang, but especially when especially congratulate uh, Brett. Because he had him and Jetpack had a rivalry going, and and Brett yeah. beat Jetpack. It was a really, a really close race, but he he snuck by him. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I'm just so excited that they did it, and they're they were having so much fun with it. They really had so much fun with it. They weren't. It always seems like they never took it really. I mean, obviously they took it seriously because it's something to take seriously, but they always had so much fun with it. And I think that's exactly the approach that I want to take whenever I get to that level. Is just have fun with it and get somebody, you know, competitive, like one-on-one competition to, you know, have fun with. I think that's so cool. Yeah, exactly. I know. And and I'm excited for Tri-Boomer. I mean, he, this is his, isn't this only second his Iron Man. second, is, but isn't it only his second season? Or is it like two and a half? I think it's. I think, he did. I think it's officially two and a half seasons because yeah. his first season he only did one triathlon and yeah. then he started into the Ironman stuff. Yeah, because he'd only insane. been he'd only done really one season before he did mm-hmm. Ironman Florida. So yeah, and yeah. I heard that he's doing Ironman Coeur d'Alene uh, 2008, which is in June. So I mean, he's on he's fire. A rock star. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's amazed me from the get go. He really has. Like, well, and on on top of just racing in itself, he is always majorly into fundraising for team and training, and always Huge, yeah. doing I don't know all these amazing things. So you know what? That's something else I'm super stoked about, and I think is super stellar is team and training. They do so so many good things, and. With, People like Tribumer on team and training. My God, how can you not be motivated to do it? You know what I mean? He's yeah. So such an inspiration. I think is a good word for him. He's a really great guy, and he does great things for a good organization. And we need I know. To I like think him. I'm, I feel so lucky that we got to meet him or hang out with him so many times when we were living in Dallas. That was cool. Yeah. 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 So okay. People who are interested in getting into triathlon, just you know, maybe you've never done a triathlon, and you don't have any friends that have ever done it. Something that you might want to look into is getting onto a team like Team and Training, so you can not only focus on, you know, improving yourself and your well-being in life, but also raise money for a good cause and have a lot of fun with it. Because those people are crazy fun. At every triathlon I've ever been to, as a spectator or as a competitor, there have been hundreds of team and training people at every race. 
Is yeah, I know. the same for you, Tara? Yeah, uh, a lot of the races, especially the bigger races, uh, you see more yeah. team and training people because a lot of them train for those huge events like the big marathons right. and the big... Uh, the bigger triathlons and stuff, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so if you've never, if you've never done any triathlon, and you want to get into it. Look into team and training, and see if they've got an organization by you, which they're everywhere in the U.S. So check mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, definitely. And again, I just had to say, awesome job to all our friends out there who completed Ironman Wisconsin, because that is not one easy, you know, Ironman is not easy in itself, let alone the Wisconsin course with the crazy hills and right all the, I don't know, challenges of challenges. that course. Yeah, <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah, but speaking of Ironman, the thing, one thing that I think is intimidating is the swim, 2.4 miles to start off, because I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine. I think the thing that would, well, I don't know. I guess I've never really just gone out and swam 2.4 miles, so I don't exactly know what my time would be. But um, I think it would just be a lot of pressure being under the clock, or you know, because you have they have a cutoff of right. what is it like two and a half hours or something like that. I don't know. I think it's right under three or something. I, I don't have a clue. I, I would be cut off. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of which, we've got a pretty good voicemail that we should play right about now. Hey, Elizabeth, this is Brad in Boulder, and I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to you and Kara. You all have a top-notch show. And I had heard that you had become pretty adept at open water swimming, and I wondered if you could share some tips for us, your loyal listeners. Um, I have a big, uh, a, well, a little bit of a race coming up in October, and I'm kind of nervous because the swim is a 2.4-mile open-water ocean swim, and so if you have any advice on how to make that go more smoothly, it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, and y'all have a great day. Okay, so, Brad, thanks for the voicemail. I'm not sure how much help we can give you on swim (laughs) technique, but I guess number one would just be practice, practice, practice. (laughs) Yeah, the water is your friend. Get in the water. Stay in the water. I have another tip uh, is (laughs) to wear uh, when you're, this is not just in training, but especially for racing, to have goggles that have some reflective quality to them. So if it's real sunny, you can still see. Basically, some some kind of reflective quality like sunglasses do. I know a lot of the bigger, the the big clunky looking goggles are like that, which but they they probably do a good job. Okay. I'm sure our good friend Brad's already set up with all the fancy gear that he needs for his big race in October. But <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But yeah, but you know, you never you never know. He may have forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brad. So if you forget, don't forget to wear goggles. Don't forget to wear goggles. <laughs> and and to and to bring a backup pair. You never know. Okay, so it's time for Bon Voyage trip tip. And this week, I don't know if it's exactly a tip, but it's something about Bon Voyage. <laughs> and well, our show is about. Triathlon, adventure, and travel. So what perfect place to put this huge news than in our Bon Voyage trip tip section. So I have uh, 
an announcement. Something I'm very excited about is I locked in my tickets, plane tickets. I'm going to Central America in November, so I'm really excited about that. I'm going to be going for nine days and going uh. to, to Belize and to Nicaragua. And I really wish Elizabeth could go too, but it's not working into her schedule right now. So, right. Uh, but uh, I'm I have. I'm going to be going with two two of my friends from Iowa, and we're going to be going diving for a couple of days in Belize, and then we're going to try to do some mountain biking through the rainforest, and we also saw some things on uh, doing zip lines through the rainforest. Oh, how awesome is that going to be? And then just a lot okay. of snorkeling and things like that. Scuba diving, too. Oh, yeah, and yeah, the scuba diving, for sure. Yeah. But the, um, okay, so these are the two girls that Karen and I went to Greece and Turkey with last year. So they're our traveling buddies. But I missed the whole travel meeting this year because they were all in uh, Iowa discussing where we should go this year. Mm-hmm. But they all decided on Central America. And how did how did we how did well how did you come to that conclusion? Well, Why did y'all choose South America? I know we we wanted to do diving because Deb is certified, I just got certified, and then Mary is going to take a, she's starting a course, I think, she may, she may have just started this last week, so she'll be done by the time we go, and so we definitely wanted to go somewhere to dive, we wanted somewhere relatively inexpensive compared to, you know, comparing all the different places to dive, and also, one of the things, um, we knew we wouldn't be taking as long of a trip as we did to Greece and Turkey. So we wanted somewhere that was, you know, something different, but something that our plane rides wouldn't take a whole day or, you know, something. Yeah, you wanted to utilize your time. You wouldn't lose a, a day just all to travel. So the good thing about Central America is there are places, like we're going to Nicaragua, which is not quite as trendy as some of the other countries there. I think you hear about a lot of people going to Costa Rica or um, you hear about people going to Belize, but the diving is supposed to be really good there. So that's one reason we wanted to go there. And we also figured, I mean, not necessarily, but we're hoping that um, in a place that's a little more trendy for diving, that uh, you could find more reputable dive company or dive businesses. So you, yeah. hopefully your equipment will be in good shape. Uh, I mean, we'll yeah. definitely do our research in that regard to make sure we have a place that operates safely. And um, and our flights, I think it's going to take a, our whole total travel time is maybe around seven hours, so not too oh, bad. Oh, that with, is awesome. With just one connection, and we're connecting. Uh, I'm flying from New York to Houston, and they're flying from Des Moines to Houston, and then we're flying from Houston to to Belize. And the other. <sighs> The other really cool thing about it is we're doing something like when what we did when we went to Turkey and Greece, um, which is we have an open jaw um, uh, flight pattern or whatever. We're going, flying into Belize and then flying out of Nicaragua. And That's awesome. So you have to figure out a way to get there, which is right. the coolest way to travel. And what what we did in on our Greece-Turkey trip is we flew into Istanbul and then we flew out of Athens. And right. so we just had to figure out how to get there in the meantime, which we did with no problems. So no problems at all. Well, I mean, we took trains, buses, and hot air balloons, but we got there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and boats too, ferries. Oh yeah, boats and ships. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So basically, 
I think, oh, and another, I guess a tip that I have would be to uh, try to use airlines, like domestic airlines, once you get into the country. So what we're probably going to do just to save time is fly from Belize to Nicaragua. Uh, and we're going to wait till we get there to book our flights just so we have more flexibility um, and not aren't locked into leaving in a, a certain day or anything like that. I think that is the best plan to have, honestly, when you travel and you've got a good solid nine days to travel around and you mm-hmm. end up or you have to leave from a different place you landed. I think that's the best way to go is just get the tickets when you get there. Yeah, because you don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get to Belize and we'll love it, so we want to stay in longer than... Well, then in Nicaragua, or vice versa. Maybe we get to Belize and we dive a couple of days, and we're like, okay, let's move on. So we didn't yeah. want to be locked into our to getting from Belize to Nicaragua on a certain day. Right. Yeah. And That's awesome! I'm so excited that you're going. Yeah, and our other tip, uh, or and also, what we found when we went to Greece and Turkey was that it was well, what we feel that. I mean, you can pipe in on this too, Elizabeth, but I know, I think we felt that we had much more of an uh, exciting experience by not having everything planned out, so we, yeah, booked, yeah. we booked our hotels along the way. I think what we're going to do this time, though, is book just like the first night, night or two in Belize, so we have somewhere to go to right away, but the rest of the time we're just going to wing it. <laughs> that absolutely could not agree with you more. Yeah, I think the first night is definitely needs to be set in stone so you'll have a place to go. Yeah. But right when you get there, because you don't want to be all disheveled when you get there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, from that point on, I think we winged it and we loved it, and it was the best experience ever. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think you did it. And I think when we um, when we didn't have the, everything planned out in, Tur- like, Turkey, especially in Turkey, I think... Um, the places we did end up staying, I, I don't think we would have just found those online or found them prior no. to going over there. So, and they were, I mean, a lot of our experience was just in the places we stayed, especially when we yeah, were yeah. in Cappadocia in the kind of toward the middle of Turkey. The, oh yeah. The hotel. Remember the um the cave hotel. The cave. Yeah, we stayed yeah. In, in a cave hotel, and the people, part of the ex- great experience was the guy, the hotel guy, he was totally cool, yeah. and, I mean, he really, like, helped us have a great experience, because he showed us yeah. around, and, um... I mean, I we know. were, like, literally his family when we were there, and that was just the coolest. Yeah, I mean, he just acted like we, we, we really just lived there for the days that we were there, you yeah. know, it wasn't... I, we weren't just the outsiders, so it was really cool. Right. Yeah. So, basically, yeah, that's my big announcement is that I'm going to Central America, and I'm super stoked about it, and I can't oh. wait to do some more diving because I haven't been diving since I got certified. But I am planning on going diving this coming Thursday if it, if everything works out because um, one of the guys in my triathlon club is a dive master, so he's kind of organizing a day dive trip, a day trip for diving <laughs> so cool so yeah good. hopefully i'll refresh my memory on everything yep. good yeah that sounds like so much fun y'all are gonna have a blast i can't wait to hear all the stories i know i just wish you could come with us this time but yeah ne- i think time. i'm on a different voyage at that point but we'll talk about that when the time comes <laughs> Yeah, wait, and I might be planning another trip too. So, yes. but right yes. now yes. it's too soon to get into those details. But so we'll just have to leave you in suspense. 
Wait, I think I think we're gonna have some more announcements in the near future. So definitely, we'll definitely. just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's good. Bon voyage. All right, it has been a long time since we have done this segment, but we thought we'd bring it back to show and exercise your brain. So we thought it would be fun to kind of quiz everybody to see what kind of rules you remember, what kind of rules you know about triathlon. Right, and we're, unlike usual, we're going to give you the answers right away, but this you can pause this and try to think of the answers and then, then play it, and we'll we'll give you the answers. So I'm going to quiz you, Elizabeth, and everybody can oh, be, be quizzed along the way. But can I'm you... I'm going to fail. <laughs> can you name okay. five different rules of triathlon? Um, and you know, inc- any part of the any part of the course. Uh, okay, you, it All doesn't right. have to be a specific segment or anything. Okay, well, there's no drafting. Okay, That's on the bike. Rule. On the bike. On the bike. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. You have to wear a swim cap in the swim. Uh. See, I'm trying to go through some transition rules. I can't think if there's any transition rules or not. Bike, there's lots of rules. Drafting is the only one that's coming to mind. <laughs> running, you have to stay on the running course. That's that's one, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. What are some? Okay, so what I'm going to do, instead of going through all the rules, there's on the USAT site, there's a list of most commonly violated rules and penalties. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. go through these. There's... um. Eleven of them. Okay. So here we go. The first one is helmets. So oh, of course. They you can't modify your helmet. They have to be worn it as they're purchased, um, as they were when they're purchased. And um, it says that you must wear them at all times. And that means oh, all times you're on the bike. So um, and the That's penalty. Is, what? I said, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and then the penalty is disqualification. So it's not even a time penalty. You just are disqualified if you don't have a helmet on. The second thing is chin straps on your helmet. You has, has to be buckled at all times. And you can't unbuckle it till you get off of your bicycle. So mm-hmm. that that actually is a an important one because you make... That, that could be a huge... They, the penalty is DQ and... If it's in the transition area, it's a variable time penalty. So it depends on where it is. But that's huge because you might be thinking, if you're not thinking clear, you might like go to unbuckle your helmet before you actually dismount, and that could be a penalty right there. So just right. wait until you're off the bike to do that. Um, the third thing is outside assistance. And you can't offer... Um, no assistance other than offered by the race and medical officials may be used. So in triathlon, because triathlons and duathlons are individual tests of fitness, and that's a time penalty. So this is interesting because if you were following Jetpack and um, Triboomer's Ironman Wisconsin, um, Triboomer got a penalty because, or actually I think both, I can't remember exactly, but I think Jetpack and Triboomer both got penalties because Jetpack asked Triboomer for an an extra gel on the bike or something like that. 
And he gave him one, and someone saw it, and so they got penalized. No way. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Okay, I didn't know that actually. That's that's new to me. There's, I knew that you couldn't get it from spectators and that kind of thing, but not even from I fellow. Guess. So, like, if you get a flat tire, and someone stops to help you, like, um, other than race official people or like. Uh, medical, you know, if it's like another racer or it's just some outside person, that could be a time penalty. So, oh or, my God. or that, I never knew that rule. Or giving someone anything like food or water, or anything. Yeah. Wow. So that's, okay. that's a good one. Another good one, another one is the tra- in the transition area. You had to um, properly place your, you know, equipment. In their in the assigned bike corral, and the wheel of the bicycle yeah. must be down on the side of the assigned space. So, uh, all participants. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, depending on how they they number it, but basically, it's actually that's yeah that that makes sense. So, basically, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just make sure wherever the wheel's touching down, that's the side that your number is on, and the side your stuff is on. It says all participants must return their bicycles to an upright position in their designated bike corral, and no person shall interfere with another participant's equipment or impede the progress of another participant. <laughs> and okay. Then, yeah, I, yeah, these are all kind of common sense ones. You have to okay. have your bar ends plugged, and you can't bring any glass containers into the transition area. Yeah, okay. So right. those are all time penalties if they see any of that. And then the next thing is drafting. <laughs> These are all, this is the thing that I got a penalty on. Um, it's <laughs> under this category. Drafting, you have to keep at least three bike lengths of clear space between you and the person in front of you. And if you move into that zone, you have to pass within 15 seconds. You know, I actually thought it was 30 seconds. I don't know why. Yeah, 15 seems fast. But... So 15 seconds. And then position, you have to keep to the right-hand side of the lane unless you're passing. Blocking you, riding on the left side of the lane without passing anyone and interfering with other cyclists attempting to pass. So basically just stay like to the right. Drivers in the fast lane. Yeah. Slower traffic, Traffic keep right. right. <laughs> and then exactly. overtaken, once you're passed, you have to immediately exit the draft zone. So you have to drop at least three bike lengths and then uh, before you can attempt to pass again. So that one, I hate that rule because sometimes people pass you and then they slow down. Yeah. But you you have to drop back three bike lengths before you can pass again. Right. Yeah, so... And then those all carry time penalties. For me, it was a two-minute penalty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Or mine was illegal pass, so... But that that goes in there the same way. Because you had to pass on the um, left. Left, yeah. Okay, so the next one, number six, is the course... You had to follow the prescribed course. You are, you mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. And cutting yeah. the course or going outside the course um, is a violation and safety issue. And you shouldn't ca- cross the solid ye- yellow center line for any reason. Um, and you have to obey all applicable traffic laws at all times. And yeah. that the penalty okay. is at the referee's discretion. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So it depends on what you do exactly, I guess. Yeah, so how bad it is depends on how bad your penalty is. Right. Um, okay. Did you hear, have you ever heard about some lady that did the, um, I think it was New York, it was either Boston or New York, or New York City Marathon, and she rode the subway? 
No way. Yeah, it's like they she won basically. She got the fastest time, but she took the subway in between, and they didn't find out till later. I don't know if they found out like imme- like right away, but um, they they found out somehow. But they didn't. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is horrible. I know. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. The next one is unsportsmanlike conduct. So any foul, harsh, argumentative, or abusive language um, directed at race officials, triathlon, USA triathlon fit officials, volunteers, spectators, or fellow athletes is forbidden. And that's a DQ. Um, eight is headphones. You can't wear headphones, headsets, Walkmans, iPods, MP3 players, etc. You can't be, carry them or wear them at any time during the race. You know, actually, this one is interesting because there was someone, I can't remember who it was, someone on my triathlon team has um, one of those iPod shoe pod things where, have you heard of those where they track your your pace and your distance? But it goes through your MP3 player. So I think, I can't remember if they actually got a penalty or if someone, like, said something to them about it, but they had the iPod on them, and they're, the thing in their shoe, but they didn't have headphones, no headphones, mm-hmm. but um, there was some issue about it, because it's an MP3 player, even though they weren't using the headphones, so yeah, maybe that rule needs to be modified, so something, you know, as long as you're not, there aren't headphones attached, yeah. it's okay. Right. Because of all these things that have multi-functions now. Right, yeah, no kidding. Okay, so, and that has a time penalty associated. Uh, And then number nine is race numbers. You have to wear your race number at all times during the run. And it says numbers must face the front and be clearly visible at all times. Numbers may not be cut or folded or altered in any way. Do not transfer your number to any other athlete or take a number from an athlete that is not competing. Um, <laughs> and it says there's a time penalty for missing your altered number, DQ, and one-year suspension from USAT membership for transferring a number without race director permission. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's huge. Um, but, you know, that's I think that's a good one. Just... I always see, I mean, I know it's just triathlon specific, but on runs, ra- like running races, road races, there so many people wear their number on their back. <laughs> yeah. It just cracks yeah. me up. I mean, the main thing is, so when you're coming, they can see your number, and also when they take pictures on the course, they can see your number, unless you want a picture of your behind. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, and then number 10 is wetsuits. That goes with um, yeah, the, the water temperature can be up to up to and including 78, but anything higher, okay, so it's permitted up to 78, and if the temperature is 78 but less than 84, you can age group participants may wear a wetsuit at their own discretion. However, the participant who wears a wetsuit within within such temperature range shall not be eligible for prizes or awards. And, oh my god. And above 84 wetsuits are not or I think this should say are not pro, or oh, sorry. Are prohibited. <laughs> are prohibited. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm okay. getting confused here. Yeah, so basically <laughs> 78 or below you can it's no problem. 78 to 84 you can wear it but you can't get awards or prizes and then above 84 they're not allowed. Okay, and the, well, right, fin- so the, the last one. What's the last one? Final one is abandonment. <laughs> All personal equipment and belongings taking, t- 
taken onto the course must stay on the athlete the entire time. No garbage, clothing, etc. shall be thrown on the course, and that has a time penalty. That's actually interesting because I a lot of times I've seen people like when you start a race, shed clothes. yeah, shed clothes, yes. or even throw like food wrappers and things. So, I mean, oh yeah, um, on my marathon team, I literally my coach told everybody because it was really, really cold and rainy, and we knew it was supposed to be rainy that day, but he told everyone to wear clothes that they could throw down. Oh, I like mean, throw away? Like coat. Yes, he said just wear an extra layer that you'll be able to shed and throw on the ground. Uh, nice. I mean, maybe that's just marath- I mean, marathons, but still it seems now looking back at that, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe he actually told us to do that. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, maybe, but I, I guess the main thing is know that in a triathlon, you could get penalty for that, so yeah, don't do it. I didn't. I didn't actually know that. I mean, I think that's a good rule because you shouldn't be littering on the course. But right. yeah, and I only like when I have goo packets. The only place I'll throw them down is like either if they have a garbage can or zone. if there's yeah with all the tons of water glasses around. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And did you know um, the variable time penalties? If it's oh. It, Oh, okay. This goes by, this is interesting. If it's a short one or a sprint, it's a, the first offense is two minutes, the second offense is four minutes, and then the third offense is DQ. Um, oh it's God. the same for intermediate or Olympic distance. And then for a long course, it's four minutes for the first offense, eight minutes for the second offense, and then a DQ. And then ultra, it's six minutes for the first offense and 12 minutes for the second offense, and th- and then DQ. Wow. So, I don't know. I also the thing with uh, Jetpack and Triboomer, they were mentioning something on TriScoop about a three minute penalty and I'm wondering if Iron Man has their own set of rules specific because it, I don't know, is Iron Man a USAT sanctioned event? It might I don't know if it is. I don't I'm know. assuming I, it is. I would assume that it is too. But, but I really don't know. So I guess maybe that can be the exercise your brain question. It does Iron Man have its own special rules and then is uh is Iron Man USAT sanctioned sanctioned? So everybody knows, give us a call on our hotline, it's nine two zero four eight four eight two two. All right, so moving on to in the news. This week we have a couple news items. The first one yeah. you wanna tell everybody, Elizabeth? Yeah. Um I was listening to uh, Jetpack's podcast, his very last podcast, um, as of now, it was 15 minutes long, and it was a couple of days before the Iron Man. And he and Brett, a couple of podcasters, got together and decided to um, start a website called 140.6, and it's you spell out the word dot six, and it's basically self-supported triath uh, self-supported triathlon that's Iron Man distance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I think, and, and I think they're also, you know, up for any discussion, even yeah. if it's not Ironman distance, but basically any self-supported triathlon. So, right. Yeah, but it, but um, especially Ironman, I guess, because there's lots lots of reasons, I guess, including how expensive it is and how hard it yeah. anymore it is to even get into an Ironman registering for one. Right. So. And so what they're trying, exactly, yeah. And I think what they're trying to do is just promote people to get involved in triathlon and, 
even Ironman distances, and you can do it however you want. So, I mean, we kind of did something like this before. Um, well, I guess it was last year. But you did, but I was sick, remember? Yeah, that's right. That's oh. right. So, um, it was just basically they just want someone to go out and, and you know, swim 2.4, ride, you know, 112, and then run 26.2, and on your own. He said, he, I think it was funny how they said, um, if it takes you 500 laps around your block to get 112 miles in, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just, it is trying to support or get people involved in um, working out and doing triathlon and getting people out there instead of having to have the expense of going to an Ironman, paying for all the stuff that people have to pay for, because it can get really, really expensive to do an Ironman. And I think it can get really expensive to do a sprint. Yeah, so. it, yeah, it's true. It, just triathlon in general, the prices seem to be going up, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's Equipment dis- and gear. It's, and Yeah, and it's disappointing because it costs enough just to have the equipment to start in triathlon, let alone mm-hmm. the race entry fees going up and... I don't know, just right. every everything. Just so supplementing your training with all this need and maintenance and all that stuff, it can get really expensive. So mm-hmm. I think one forty dot six is a good idea on just getting people to do, get out there on their own and do it, and not really have to worry about so much of the cost that goes into triathlon. So yeah. I'm all about that. I think one huge benefit is being able to do it whenever you want. Uh, I know Brett mentioned something about that. Uh, one of the things being weather related. So if you plan to do it, I don't know, September 15th and that day it's all stormy and terrible out, then you can just move mm-hmm. it to the next week. But right. if you, if it's a real event or, you know, that you registered for, you can't exactly do that. And another huge thing is your health. So if you're sick yeah. or if you actually, if you are injured or something, you're not out that money. Um, and you mm-hmm. can always postpone until you're well. So, right. I mean, that's and just those are just whole, like two reasons for <laughs> doing yeah. it. It's all supported. So, right, right, exactly. Two great reasons. Okay, but we have something else too, don't we? Yes, this one is good too. Uh, it's an article. I actually, I'm on a cycling team listserv, and someone sent this article out. So that um, I, I just thought it was really interesting. Something would be cool to talk about. It, the title is this is from Velo News, and it's legally speaking with Bob Mianski. I think that's how you spell it, or pronounce it. <laughs> um, Deliverance of the Birdman, and basically there's it's kind of it's a column where you write in a question and Bob Mianski uh, answers. So he, the person wrote in basically saying that they were out on a group ride in West Virginia and someone passed them very close, like basically almost took them out and the cyclist gave them the bird. And then, and then um, this weird group of people in the car um were all enraged and started getting out of the car and the person who flipped the bird um, pushed the guy back in the car out of def- self-defense, basically. And mm-hmm. and then, basically, there was a bunch of... There was a big fight that went down. The guy, the driver, broke the guy's helmet and the teenage son fr- sitting in the car was punching from the back window and <laughs> all, yeah, kinds, I mean, all kinds ridiculous. of crazy stuff. So the the question was... 
First, is it one's constitutionally protected right of free speech to flip the bird? <laughs> and then second, was the bicyclist within his rights to push the man back into the car for fear of receiving a beating? And who assaulted whom? So, right. I know um, you read this, right, Elizabeth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what would, how would you summarize the answers to the, those questions? Well, I think the guy that writes that he gives lawyer-esque ways around his actual answer. Yeah. Which means he was like, well, if this was a scenario, this is what would happen. If this was a scenario, this is what would happen. So he's very PC about it. But all in all, he said, you know, if you're you're defending yourself, there's self-defense, and you're not initiating a fight, then it's obviously within your right to defend yourself. But, of course, defend the other way also. It's basically what it was saying. So, so basically um, kind of like it's it's a gray area and watch what, watch yourself because you may end up getting right. in trouble. Right, but he also mentioned that flipping the bird is, and that was what started all this, is yeah. also considered fighting words. So that is aggression. That's, that is initiation. Oh. So, so, that, um, so basically it, if, depending on who would make the decision in this case, it, the cyclist could be out of luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he said it's depending on the jury, whoever it is. But right. it's constitutionally you are protected. It's part of the free speech thing to be able to do that. But it's provoking anger and initiating aggression. So yeah. he said don't do it, but it is part of your right to do it, but he doesn't suggest doing it. <laughs> yeah, and it says that... Bob is a former competitive cyclist who represented the U.S. at the 88 Olympic Games, and he finished fourth in the road race. And he was also in the 92 Olympics, as well as winning the 1990 National Championship road race. So that's the writer. Oh, wow. And it says that um, he does. He now is a lawyer, and his practice is split between personal injury work and representing professional athletes as an agent. Um, and other legal mm-hmm. issues facing endurance athletes like traffic violations, contract, criminal charges, intellectual property, etc. So, and he also wrote a book, um, Bicycling and the Law, and it's the subtitle is Your Rights as a Cyclist. So, and he yeah. spells his name M I O N S K E. I pronounce it Mionsky. Mionsky. Minosky, Bob Minosky, yeah. So I don't know, I could totally be butchering that. I guess, Drew, we need another phonetic um, (laughs) assist on that. So if you know how to pronounce that one, that would be good. But the bottom line on that was, um, in response to the guy's question, was that it's not really a clear-cut answer. But the one lesson that everybody can take from it is you have the right to defend yourself, but it has to be in response to an imminent threat. So, yeah. and, and of course, your response has to be proportional to the threat that's being given. So if someone's flipping the bird, that's not really an imminent threat to life or well-being. So for right. him to make the first strike, that's kind of not an equal, proportionate response to flipping the bird. So Right. So it's kind of like, but it's better to be safe than sorry, because depending, it, I think a lot of that would just depend on the lawyers and how the case is presented and how the jury would decide or the judge would decide, and you never know. Right. I mean, it could go either way. It's just a matter of opinion. So if it's not clear-cut, that could be worse than if it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, anyway, but yeah, that book might be of interest. I think, I don't know, I always, I'm a huge you know, share the road advocate, and I hate when people, you know, cars do stupid things, but at the same time, 
it's probably wiser to just, you know, let it roll off your back than to to go, you know, crazy on right. the, on the driver because in the end you're probably going to lose. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so yeah, so good. good but I guess, I guess the main thing is to just, you know, try to follow the rules of the road and be the best cyclist you can and then... Right. You can't. At least you can control what you do, as opposed to what other people do. So anyway. Okay. Oh yeah. And also, don't forget to check out 140 DOT six. And it's in a construction now, but it's pretty funny to at least listen to the one audio clip they have on it. It's pretty good. Yeah. And there's uh, if you click on the manhole, you can it'll take you into the site. And oh, I didn't do that. Yeah. If you, it'll take you into the site, and there's a forum, and you can sign up as a member and. It's if you know about triscoop.com, it's similar to that, but just with a more focused uh, direction, I guess, or discussion topics. So. Oh, cool! I'm totally gonna have to do that. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> yep. So yeah, when you go, I don't know if it's still like this. I haven't been there in the in a few days, but if you go to that site, it comes up with like a little manhole and. Oh yeah, um, it, I just did it. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, and and then if you click on the the manhole, it'll take you into the site. So. Right on. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's our In the News. Okay, so we haven't done this in a while either, uh, but we have a word of the week, and the word of the week this time is pastiche. Yes. And if I'm spelling it right, it's P-A-S-T-I-C-H-E. That is correct. Nice. And it, it is that's a noun. Na- it's a noun, and it's, um, it's French from... It's French, but it's from Italian pasticcio. Okay, let me back. Let me give a little history of this word, and maybe people can figure it out. I've never heard this word, but I came across it in the book. I was like, "What is this?" Anyway, I figured it out by the context. But I was reading a um, book about museums and uh, art and sculptures, and the 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 author said that um, one of the sculptures was a pastiche of several different sculptors across Italy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's a pretty good word. I like that word. So anyway, so what's the actual definition, though? you have it? Okay, so there's kind of two definitions. The first is a literary, artistic, musical, or architectural work that imitates a style of previous work, such as, or so a stylistic imitation, basically. And the second definition is a musical, literary, or artistic composition made up of selections from different works, a.k.a. potpourri or hodgepodge. I like that word. I'm going to use that word this week. And that definition brought to you by Merriam-Webster. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good one. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks. Okay, so now we are moving on to our no-name nutrition section, and this week we have kind of a recap from our last show, (laughs) or a clarification. Um, We actually had a listener kind of give us some feedback, and we're going to respond to that. Elizabeth? Yeah, okay. So last week I gave um, everybody a review on the CDC's newest report about obesity in the U.S., and we didn't. This even crossed my mind whenever I read it. I should have. I should have not just looked at the map or at the at the illustration, but I should have read the context because I was wrong. 
I was getting percentages, and I was thinking that's weird that they put BMIs in percentages. Do you remember us having this conversation, Kara? Yeah, because I was asking you why you were saying it was a percentage because BMIs right, are a score. a score. And then you you kind of convinced me that, well, I don't I mean, know. Some you... people do do that. Some people actually do do that. But um, I shouldn't have read that much into it. I should have actually read the stupid report instead of just looking at the picture. But... Our listener call or they uh, sent us an email saying that it was percent of people in the state that were obese. So, which explains why Texas wasn't a part of it, right? Because the population in Texas is so high, blah blah blah. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's, I was thrown off by the states, and I should just look more into that. But the whole point of what we're following up on is that the report that we gave last week about the states being or having BMIs higher than 30 and all that stuff, it actually wasn't that. It was the percentage of the population in the state that were obese. And obese being defined as a BMI greater than 30. Right, exactly. And I also, I looked at it too, um, because I hadn't actually looked at the article until after we got that comment. Um, It was actually on our blog. And unfortunately, we don't know who the listener was that, that, um, you know, gave us the, the... constructive criticism, but, um, th- you know, thank you for that. But uh, I looked up, BMI was created by the National Institutes of Health, and basically it's a measure of fat um, and health risks, and it's a, right. kind of a rough measure. And basically, if you have a BMI greater than or equal to 25, that's kind of considered bad. And I also, mm-hmm. um, I was looking at it, and uh, you told us that Hawaii, Colorado, and Rhode Island were... Um, the basically had the lowest proportion of obese obese people, but you forgot. I was looking at the map, and Connecticut is in there too. Oh, you know what? It was up there, but I couldn't tell what color it was, so I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. But yeah. I looked at it, and I was like, "Is it?" And I couldn't tell really because it was so small. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, so good. it's Hawaii, Colorado, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Um, fifteen to nineteen percent of their populations have a, are, are obese, have a BMI of greater than 30, and that's actually low compared to the rest of the country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, even that is, that's very low. Yeah. 15 to 19% of, you know, people in a state being obese is a lot in itself, and I don't know. That just, well, if you think about it, if you put it on a small scale and you had 10 people in a room, you're going to have one or two of those people be obese. That's still really high. Exactly. If you think about it like that. So, I mean, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, and that's and there's only four states in the union that have that. Um, have one have or two that. people out of their ten. Yeah, most of them. What was the higher end? It was, oh, it makes me want to look it up. Wait, remember the Mississippi, West Virginia, and what was the other state? Oh, you mean what? I think it was 30. I think it was 30%. It was 30%? Yeah. yeah that's just ridiculous. So. so, three out of ten people... Right. Would be obese. So and that is terrible. And no telling what degree those people are obese too. You know, it could be their BMI is way over thirty or something terrible like that. I just can't right. I don't know. So I don't know. anyway, so yeah, we just wanted to clear that up and make sure we got the right, right. information to you. So Yes, and thank you for um sending that comment in. We do appreciate that because we we totally will admit when we're wrong. <laughs> yes. We're not afraid so. to accept that we're wrong. Um, and yeah. I also, all the time. since I finally, I actually went to the site and 
looked at the map. Can you tell us what the site was one more time? It's um, msn.com slash help. Uh, slash help slash obese, if I remember if I remember right. Yeah. That's what it was. So, but it's yeah. a really interesting map um, to look at. It kind of maps out the, the U.S. and then it, it plays... A, like a little video that shows you a timeline and how the it's color coded, so it shows you how the colors change over time, which represents. Oh, I know. That's my favorite part of it. Different part of it. proportions. So, yeah. Uh, and you know what? Okay, this is this is where I failed to. This is why I failed to read the article because I've dealt with that map for years now. I mean, I've I've researched this area. Ex- extensively, extensively. So when yeah. I looked at it, I just assumed it was like all the other maps I'd ever looked at with the CDC dealing with obesity and BMI. Yeah. And so I just read way too much into it without actually reading what it was about. So that was totally my fault. <laughs> but, yeah, and but yeah, we got it clarified. So I, got, I just got the website. It's health.msn.com slash reports slash obesity. Okay. So well, and that, yeah, check it out. It's really worthwhile. It's really a nice little um, animated illustration, of illustration. Yeah, of how much fat we have in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Actually, it's a good eye opener. Yes, it is, and it it makes me proud to be a triathlete. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but not. But not. I don't know if I'm proud to be an American though. <laughs> You know, I wish they I wish they had this for the world. That would be really cool. But Wouldn't that be neat? Yeah. Or at least all of North America or something. Well, I'm, I mean, I bet the WHO I bet the WHO has something kind of like that. The World, world that. Health Organization, if you don't know what that is. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Not the not the group, not the band. The WHO. Yeah, so check that out. It's some good stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, other than that, I think this is that's pretty much the show, isn't it? I think so. I don't know how we come up with stuff to fill fill the show every, I every time. Because I always start out thinking we don't have much to talk about, but somehow we do. Right. <laughs> awesome. So. Well, this week's pump up song is going to be a surprise, so y'all just have to listen up and get your groove on and go out for a run. Yes.
recorded Italian radio. I changed up the words to make you happy though. It run off that midnight music show. I beat up, I beat up the boy that made you happy though. I don't touch the things that you want me to be. They outweigh the ones that make me happy. So pull out your hands and meet my, my fine new lady. She's rock and roll, and she's saving me a goodbye. 